Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Today on The Savage Truth, Hunter Biden sues Rudy Giuliani and Giuliani's former lawyer, Bob Costello, with charges the two misused his personal computer data. The two teens who ran down and killed a retired police chief will face charges as adults. The two recorded two other heinous acts of running down innocent, unsuspecting citizens that day and stole three cars and recorded all of them. And a local absurdity, a man receives three years probation at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Mall of America for armed robbery. Just another week in the good old U.S. of A., we'll talk about the obvious depravity of our current society and take a deep dive as we ponder, when is enough enough? Coming up on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Welcome back, listeners, to The Savage Truth. I am your host, Cicely Davis, honored to join you once again We're going to take a deeper dive today as it has been quite a week. Well, actually, it has been quite a decade or several decades, right? Quite a few generations to be savagely truthful. But I had a lot of headlines to choose from, and I had a hard time figuring out which occurrence, which headline, which issue, um, which ones to actually have to focus on. But Thank you for joining me. If you're new to the channel, welcome. And thank you for taking the time and your consideration to listen. If you're a returning listener, I'm grateful for your listenership, your interest and support. I take it seriously and I truly, truly do appreciate you. Please like, share, subscribe, and leave a positive review on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts as we get into this week's absurdities, ending with some personal reflection, mind you. And really quickly, if I may digress, the reason why I ask for a positive review isn't just um, for viewership and to gain and grow the podcast. So often, because of the way our society is set up, um, the opinions are always given, whether they're asked for, solicited or not. And often people like to use platforms and use commentary sections for negativity, right? So if you go to any restaurant, any business, if they have space to leave a comment, a lot of people love to leave the negative comments. So it's just refreshing for people to actually use Um, a platform. And again, understanding that everyone's entitled to their opinion and they certainly have every right to write in. But it's nice to see people actually leaving positive comments and using that space for positivity and a lifting up and a support versus a tearing down and a negativity um, aspect. So again, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a positive review on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So let's get into it. Hunter Biden. And I pause. I feel like I really don't need to say much more than the name Hunter Biden. Crack smoking, soliciting, gun toting, first son Hunter Biden is suing Rudy G, Rudy Giuliani, and former attorney of Rudy Giuliani, Bob Costello. And what's the charge? Thank you for asking. Well, first crackhead is charging that the two gentlemen misuse his personal computer data. As I quote the spokesperson and or the attorney specifically to the charges, and by the way, this is 
per the Washington Post, believe it or not. Try not to laugh and just hold back your choking (laughs) as I did. I can't believe the charges, the statements of this actual lawsuit. And again, I quote, For the past many months and even years, defendants have dedicated an extraordinary amount of time and energy towards looking for, hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over data that they were given that was taken or stolen, the lawsuit charges. The lawsuit alleges that Giuliani and Costello's actions violated the Federal Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know it's laughable when you hear that. Now, if you recall, Hunter apparently left um, his laptop computer at a computer repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware. Now, Costello received a copy of the data, which Giuliani, Giuliani then publicized according to the published accounts. Now, in the lawsuit, this ironic, litigious absurdity of a case, Hunter does not concede that the laptop was his, but he does acknowledge that at least, and I quote, some of the data that defendants obtained, copied, and proceeded to hack into and tamper with belongs to him. What a joke. Is anyone listening to this right now and laughing like I am? Or are you paralyzed with irony? or out of words, or shaking your head, or even banging your head hearing this? Does that remind you of anything? Can you say Donald J. Trump? Can you say impeachment? Can you say steel dossier? Or Mar-a-Lago search? Or Ukraine and Burisma, etc.? I mean, seriously? Is is this a joke or perhaps a reflection of the weakness or passivity of the Republican Party, right? That we have allowed this to happen, that they feel so comfortable and emboldened to even bring up such a ridiculous lawsuit because they don't fear us. They certainly don't respect us. The Democratic Party spent the entire four years of Donald Trump's presidency doing the exact same thing, dedicated an extraordinary amount of time and energy towards looking for, hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over every move the man made, every breath he took, every tweet he put out, every speech he made, or step he took. Are you kidding me? And remember, I always say that the left is always accusing the other side of what they're actually doing. Here's just, here's just proof in the pudding. Donald Trump did say it best. He said it best in reflection at one time of his presidency. He said to the people, they're not coming after me. They're not attacking me. They're coming after you. They're attacking you, the people. They were punishing They were punishing the American people for voting him in, for interrupting the dark agenda, respectfully, to Mr. David Horowitz. That's what they were doing. They were literally punishing the American people for interrupting that dark agenda, punishing the American people by going after him, but they weren't going after him. 
remember, they were prosecuting, they were punishing the American people, leaving a clear message. You know, I, I almost seriously vomited in my mouth, but I certainly took a really deep laugh when I heard the charges of this case. Moving on. So, I mean, because enough said, right? This is Hunter Biden. <laughs> it's just, we're keeping an eye on watch as to where that case ends up, considering the charges and the deep muck that he is in. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll watch for the outcomes. Moving on to these two teens of Las Vegas. The two teens in Las Vegas, Jesus Ayala, 17, now 18, and Yasmir Keys, 16. Now, this incident actually happened on August 14th. These two teens intentionally struck and killed Andy Probst, a retired police chief, age 64, in Las Vegas. And again, this happened on August 14th, but we're bringing it to light. They also, earlier that day, just decided to go on a crime spree. Okay. So they stole three cars that day and they actually hit two other people intentionally with the vehicle. Now the driver was Jesus Ayala and Keys, Yasmir Keys was the recorder. He held the phone and was recording all the incidents, but you can hear Keys and Ayala in the video laughing you know, having a great time, you know, really yucking it up and keys intentionally and very deliberately egging Ayala on to do it. Now, earlier they had actually hit a 72 year old man. He actually survived his injuries, but yeah, three hit and runs that day, stole three cars. And then they ditched that car that they, um, intentionally hit Mr. Propes with that car was found less than 10 minutes away from the crash site, just out stealing, killing and recording and laughing for fun, you know, just out killing people, hitting people intentionally, running them over with cars, stealing vehicles just for fun. Um, now they do face Ayala particularly faces many charges, including, including murder. Um, but he actually made a statement um, originally when he was pulled over and 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 hauled in when the f- police finally got to him. He said um, something very flippant like, I'll do 30 days because I'm in the juvenile system. But he and Keys are actually going to face these charges as adults, which is great to hear. But it just really speaks to the depravity of our society um, and even what our young people are engaged in. Now, I'm going to move on to a local, local absurdity here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. As you know, the Mall of America, the largest mall in America, happens to be right here. Um, It's actually Bloomington, Minnesota, which is on top of the MSP, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. Um, A man receives, for armed robbery, three years probation, an aggravated robbery at the Mall of America, which occurred last summer. So what he did was he walks into the Mall of America. He goes to a kiosk. He robbed the kiosk carrying an AR-15 style rifle. It was loaded. And what he stole, the kiosk sold their specificity or their specialty was jerseys and hats, I believe. So he stole some jerseys. What he did was he told them to put the jerseys in a bag and not worry about the payment. 
Don't worry about how it's getting paid. Just put the jerseys in the bag. Now, he did plead guilty, and the Hennepin County Attorney's Office actually wanted him, believe it or not, I was actually surprised by this. They actually wanted him to do prison time, but somehow he got off with just three years probation for aggravated robbery, walking into the mall with an AR-15 style loaded rifle. And that's where we are in society. Okay. One bad blue state, one bad blue city after another. And it's catching on and it's contagious and it's spreading like wildfire. And this is where we are, you know? And so when you think about the title of this episode, A Line in the Sand, that's what we should think about. That's what we should ponder. That's where we should um, be putting our minds to. When is enough enough? Now, I want to dive a little deeper into these because I brought you those three headlines and they clearly reflect the true depravity of our society and where we're headed if we don't stand up, if we don't join together and make a decision as to how we want to live and what we want our future to look like and who we want our leaders to be. I want to do a little deeper reflection Uh, Because those are just a few headlines, and it just is on and on and on. In fact, so many of you, I'm sure, maybe even avoid the news altogether, right? For just simple peace, for some sanity, to just have a break from depravity, societal depravity, and what has become so acceptable, what has become so common, um, and what we have become so desensitized to. I want to just talk a little bit and dive a little deeper into this and, you know, kind of reflect on where we are and what needs to be done. You know, it's been said, no man stands as tall as that which is carved in stone. There's a danger in worshiping heroes. And while we chisel their images in stone, the real men and women stand little chance of of upholding the weight of their very own image. Mortal man is simply that full of the imperfections that all men are subject to, never able to realize godlike virtue. And so our heroes stand as ordinary people who at opportune moments rise to the noble efforts and endeavors by purpose and or by circumstance. They find themselves at once glorified and raised on the shoulders of mankind, only later to be abandoned and villainized by the enlightenment of later generations. Today, we find ourselves surrounded by enlightened fools who strive to topple the greatness of American virtue one monument at a time. They are relishing in its destruction. You know, most days I wake up frustrated and angry about the current state of Americanism. I don't recognize my America, certainly not the one I grew up in, but I do, I can admit that I do find comfort in finding that I'm not alone. This country was built by great men, great men, and lesser men, and I use that term men loosely, are attempting to tear it down, literally tearing at the fabric of our society with joyful glee. Many of them are sitting in political office and smiling and laughing to our faces while they plot our demise and steal our freedom. And if you think I'm speaking in nonspecifics, 
Let's pull a couple of stories from today as evidence. A few more headlines, if you would. On 9-11, about two and a half weeks ago, Biden claimed without evidence, mind you, he was at ground zero on the day after the 9-11 attacks. What's sad is that Americans have become so comfortable with his lies that this hardly rings a bell. Certainly not that, not one that the media would cover. And just for the record, he wasn't. A whistleblower told Congress that the CIA offered the COVID discovery team money to say that they could not determine the origination of the COVID virus, as opposed to their belief that the virus likely originated in Wuhan, China. Of course, the CIA denies it, and Democrats only believe Trump whistleblowers. So I guess we're at an impasse. And just for fun, let's look at one of my favorites, Bidenomics. The Biden administration claims that Bidenomic policies are working, even though its own data paints a very, very different picture. The enemy is at the gates, my friends. So what are we going to do? You know, I was reminded this morning of a poem I heard years ago by a man named Edgar Guest. Edgar was a syndicated newspaper columnist in the early 1900s. Anyway, the poem goes like this. I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a hove-heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled? the kind of men you'd hired if you had to build? He gave me a laugh and said, No, indeed, just common labor is all I need. I can reckon a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, Which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by a rule and a square? Am I shaping my deeds to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? I like to refer to this poem as a barometer to ask myself, who am I? Who am I? And so I ask you, who are you? Are you a builder? Are you that builder that he's referring to? Or are you the wrecker, only living to tear things down? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. I've said it before. This country can't change unless we change. You can't be content to be a beer koozie patriot. We need to get off the porch and become active in our local politics. It's not enough to be posting on Facebook. We're being outworked. We are being outpaced. We are being overtalked, pinned, and bullied. We are living in an age of tearing down. And make no mistake, folks, we are losing. And I dare to say, it's time to build. You know, I was driving through a neighborhood the other day, and it surprised me to see American flags flying on most of the houses for several blocks. It shouldn't have, but it did. 
it brought me to a feeling of joy and nostalgia. And it, it wasn't that long ago that flying an American flag was about the pride in our country and not about hate or a signal for vandals that a racist lives here. But that is what they've bullied so many people into, afraid to fly an American flag. We should be angry. We should be upset. We should be pissed off. So I challenge anyone who doesn't have one to go buy an American flag. Fly it not to defy or challenge a neighbor, but to show your pride, your pride for your country. Because what is upon us, what we're encountering is an organized destruction of American foundational values under an an umbrella of fear on a level we have never experienced before. We have lived in an era of fear since the pandemic. Now, I've made previous statements that we definitely went into fear after 9-11, but I digress. That fear lies not just in the fear of a virus, but in the fear of liberties that were stolen from us. Americans are being attacked from all sides. The enemies are circling. We are watching our American heroes being vilified. We've seen the destruction of our American symbols from statues, the American flag, attacks on the Constitution, attacks at the Second Amendment, the removal of God in our foundation, the indoctrination of our children in public schools, the destruction of traditional family structure, and the institute of marriage. And I can go on and on and on. What the extreme leftists are doing is an attempt at rebranding America. An important aspect of this is the attack and the erasure of masculinity. To end the idea of the patriot nation, raising sheep instead of men requires controlling the narrative at an early childhood level. There is a desperate need to eradicate traditional American heroes and replace them with radical history. And to be clear, we are in the middle of a rewriting of American history led by extremist liberal interpretations. These communist, socialist, Marxist, wokey, racist psychopaths. The liberal interpretive has replaced traditional American heroes like George Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, Boone, and Crockett with political figures and reformers who attack societal problems and rose to power on public outrage. And they forge political policies that supposedly right the wrongs of society. They're replacing George Washington with Huey P. Newton. And if you don't know, Huey was the leader of the Black Panthers. And while this is an extreme example, I'm not far off. I'm not far off at all. American history is also under attack by radical historians who seek to lay bare society's dark deeds by exposing, like a noir detective, all America's double standards with the goal of branding America 
as a nation of systemic and institutional degeneracy. An America built on violence, extortion, elitism, superiority, and racism. They promote an anti-capitalist just society that in the end equals communism. And that is a savage truth. So I ask you this. What is your line in the sand? Did everyone see the Alamo with John Wayne? Now, I'm happy to say, I'm proud to say, I'm ecstatic to say that I have been to the site in Brackettville, Texas, where the movie was filmed. I visited after a trip to the Alamo in San Antonio. We took our son so we could get a better idea of the actual Alamo fort. It was an amazing trip, but back to the movie. I revert back to the movie. There's a scene where William Barrett Travis draws a line in the sand with his sword and asks the defenders if they will cross over to him and risk their lives to defend the Republic. All but one man crossed. So again, what is your line in the sand? When is enough enough? Will you defend this Republic? Because if you feel like I do, it's time to take this country back. I wish I had some fireworks to light off. I really do. That felt so good to say. God, that felt good to say. Fortunately, I'm not like Travis and I'm not asking you to give up your lives. I'm asking you to give up your time. And those of you who are fortunate to have a lot, some of your treasure, I know. If you are someone who listens, who have deep pockets, you're hit up a lot, but you got to write the checks to support. We have to get out there. We have to support local politics. We have to stand up and put ourselves in as candidates, and we have to save American traditions. We have to defend our republic. We have to do it. If you're new to my podcast, I urge you to go back and listen to my episode, What is a Man? It has a lot to say about how to raise your boys to be men. As Thomas Paine said, these are the times to try men's souls. We are in a crisis and we are all facing hardships. But the hardships we're experiencing today are from the indifference of our political and presidential leadership. A direct indifference towards the American people and the values of our republic. We need to vote Joe Biden and every political figure that represents his vision of America out of office, whether they are Democrat or Republican, because America can't survive in our current state of debt, immigration, chaos, inflation, governmental wokeness, and political correctness. And I'm referring to every white, condescending, liberal leader who panders to specific groups to keep or gain the vote. And I'm referring to every Marxist, racist, black supremacist who gains notoriety and profits as poverty pimps who lie and exploit blacks in America. See, we need a John Wayne and Ronald Reagan style of realignment to set America straight again. This is our Alamo, and it's time to draw a line in the sand. As Americans, let's cross over that line together. 
please like, subscribe, share, and leave a positive review on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Cicely Davis. Thank you for listening. Until next time. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited. 